Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm joined here with Maura Cassidy. Hello there. And today we're going to be talking about Advent because we're in the season of Advent and That's we're leading it. up to Christmas and it's all very exciting. Yeah, it's super. And um, and I'm, deli- I'm just delighted we can do it, really, to have the timing right. Um, I suppose I was thinking a little bit about, actually a quote from The Little Prince, if you don't mind, um, which I know is a lot of people's favourites. And it says, you only see well with your heart. What is essential is invisible to the eye. And I know it's a favourite of a lot of people. And it gives us, you might say, permission to go inward and um, to use, you know, it's four weeks Advent um, to, to, to go inward so we can find that magical something that we won't, we could miss very easily otherwise. Because typically we associate December with, you know, socializing, getting the presents, busy, 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 busy. For some reason, well, obviously for a very good reason, in fairness. For a valid one, yeah. Because it's it's a time, it's, it's a religious feast first and foremost. Um, but for everybody, it's a time for connection, belonging, a sense of, you know, yeah, just a, a deep sense of the things that really matter to us. You know, it's also a sense of other, you know, those who who need, who are more needy. You know, we've Giving Tuesday, you know, just there recently. So, which I think is a lovely idea. It's a time, you know, when some people have the extra space at the table for somebody to come for Christmas dinner. Other people get involved in fundraising, carol singing, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I suppose the most, why is, what's that all about? And the word Advent, Adventus means coming. And the coming of God, coming of our Lord. And so it's a reminder to us that there is that sense of watchfulness or expectation about our life. And it also gives a deep sense that we're not supposed to have it all right now. That we are, we will never fulfill ourselves completely. We're on a journey. Mm-hmm. And so at times when we're feeling, you know, I haven't made it, I, I don't know where I am. I'm feeling, you know, a little bit, you may be less confident about certain things. That's okay. Because we're not meant, you know, we're not meant to feel completely fulfilled. And Advent is a reminder to us that we're on a journey to heaven. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, really special. And I think as well, it's it's good for us to think to if we're going to sort of create that space of, you know, you might say creating space for God who's coming, we do need to declutter spiritually. And it's nice before, I would suggest, if you haven't got into the buzz already, you know, the buzz, if you haven't been completely overtaken by Black Friday weekend and all of the precedents, um, you might, and I think it's important to, otherwise Christmas could be just another busy, busy time when you just do all the things, you know, buy yeah, all the and presents. Yeah, there's a bit of a countdown moment. Exactly. And I think it's it's important to kind of step back and give yourself permission to go, okay, where am I going to create the space to actually reflect a little bit and go inward and discover the things that are essential to me, which, and to the people I love and what I care about. And it's a wonderful opportunity as Catholics to be able to just take all the wonderful things, because it is a season of grace. And that is a season when God's life comes to us in a very real and close way. And there is extra opportunities to engage with that, you know, whether it's through prayer mm. or the sacraments and things like that. I think also in our culture, there, well, particularly maybe in the Irish culture, probably across the world really, but anyway, this idea that, you know, Lent is given much more emphasis leading up to Easter and yes. then Advent is kind of like, well, the Advent wreath maybe, and then the song, the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, <laughs> and that's basically it. Sorry mm. now for being so reductionist about Advent. But I don't think it's very obvious to people that mm. it is a time of preparation other than shopping mm. and getting th- time of preparation with regards to the human preparation. Mm. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. Um, 
And that's where I think, you know, even sometimes we can feel like a bit like a family in a rush, mm-hmm. you know, that we miss the important dates and the, the significance of them more than anything. And, and I think that the only way to do that is be intentional about it. And being intentional does mean kind of going, what does this mean? And how is it going to show up for my family right now? You know, for some families, it almost sounds kind of German and Protestant, but um, you know, they go around the, the, the avenue and they sing a carol or they read chapter of St. Luke. Okay, maybe that's not your thing, but it could be things like it's a wonderful time to make use of this, and that sounds awful, but to get the sacrament of confession. Mm-hmm. You know, and so often, you know, we think, oh, what will I say? You know, it's really about what's weighing on your heart. You know, if you had Jesus to yourself by the legacy of Galilee, what would you say to him? You say, Jesus, you wouldn't start making up stories. And you'd be going, it's, God, it's, it's lovely weather, isn't it, Jesus? You know, you really go to the quick. And you say, what's weighing on you? And then that leads to, what am I ashamed of? What did I feel I did wrong? And the priests, you know, a good priest, and there are many of them out there, and we can even leave that at the bottom as our resource. Um, <laughs> and the links. And the links. But a good priest can is, is, is an expert at guiding you through that space. And, you know, if I'm lucky enough, to, you know, to, to be able to make use of that and, you know, uh, you know, yeah. and it's, it makes a big difference because yeah, it gives you that fact, lightness of soul. It is fantastic that you can go to, you can arrive at Christmas Day for Christmas Mass and know that you have the, the slate clean. You know, yeah. it is really, really beautiful to be able to celebrate Mass like that and to have the family. And also, I have to say, you know, if you can, you can encourage your family, you know, to go to confession, definitely uh, the whole atmosphere in your family will probably be, and will definitely be much more peaceful because everybody will be more in tune mm. with their Lord and more in tune with you as a result, with each other. There'll be more mm. unity. So, yeah. And I, yeah, and I think it's also really nice to reflect on how the Holy Family did it, you know, because... Um, you know, they were, that was the first Christmas, you know, and sometimes we have the Christmas cards and the lovely Christmas hymns. And mm. I love in the bleak midwinter. In fact, they had this thing, a poll they did on the radio the other day about young people don't like listening to carols anymore and they love them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, actually yeah. love them. So some, some it was of these quite funny, like, yeah. you know, but in any event, um, I think it's really nice because sometimes we think of Mary and Joseph and it all looks lovely and cozy and almost, you know, angelic-like around the crib. And the first advent was nothing but you might say imperfect, not ideal, and not the way things, the way an expectant mother or an expectant father would have had it. Mm-hmm. So for any of our, you know, any of our listeners out there feeling, I'm not ready, you know, I don't go to Christmas the way I'd like to do it. Well, maybe it's not really about how you do it, but, you know, fo- putting the focus on. And also the financial Christmas. worries, I think, particularly this this year of course. is pretty um, acute. You of know. course it is. And of course the pressures to get mm. the perfect gift and all that kind of thing. And I think it's not just a manipulative space to say, well, Jesus now had nothing. So Chris Christmas is going to be different. <laughs> but it is a case of going, you know, yeah, it is to change. more meaning. It yeah. is because it is about, you know, yeah, that's, that's what families are about. It's mm. about the presence. It's about being there for people. It's loving them. It's about, and that will often, you know, lead to the best Christmas. And even if there is a little bit of upset and I didn't get exactly what, you know, I wanted in my Christmas stocking list and my friend and this, that and the other, they go, well, you know, stuff doesn't make you happy. Mm. It's an open heart that makes you happy. I have to say that, um, you know, the, I know it's kind of going off script really a little bit or off kilter, um, the five languages of love. Mm. You know, I do find that book very helpful just even for yourself to be able to kind of go, what does actually loving mean, mm. you know, and to be able to break it down, not mm. in a kind of instrumental way, but certainly break it down and understanding that gift giving is only like one language mm. and there's many other ways of kind of loving. Mm. And it's just to 
keep that in mind, I suppose, at Christmas. Mm. That, you know, it's it's the time spent, it's the acts of service, you know, mm. um, words help, of affirmation, all exactly. that, you know, so it and really does help, you know. It, uh, totally. And it also helps to kind of change the chip a little in the sense of, you know, having that conversation because, mm. you know, just because we embrace it doesn't mean everybody in the house embraces it, you know. So it's it's really helpful to be able to say, look, this year we're all going to, we're going to have a budget, you know, particularly depending if Santa's around, but we're going to have a budget and this how much, and it's all about the imagination and, and that everybody accepts the fact, you know, it's agreement among everybody, that everybody's going to be happy. Mm. Or I know another family, they decided one year we're going to give, contribute what, 50, 60 or 100, 100 euro, whatever the family budget was to a charity. Mm-hmm. And they agreed on one charity so that it would make a bit of an impact. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, to remind, look, you've made an impact for some people's lives that you may not know about. And I think that's really, really nice. Um, I think it's also helpful to realize and to remind ourselves that our love is weak. It's real, but it's weak. And I find that very consoling Mm. because sometimes, you know, we just, we're not our best self. You know, we overreact to something, we're tired. This time of year when we're tired, you know, we come into, we kind of, so we can, our nerves can be a little bit frayed or there can be a relationship that's a little more challenging. And that's okay. It's knowing how to be, look, be curious about that in the sense of, okay, well, look, be aware, self-aware. And okay, well, look, imagine I'm feeling a little bit under the weather at the moment. Well, look, do you know what? We'll just leave that in the corner now for a moment. We'll come back to it later. And this is how, you know, not to beat ourselves up about the fact that there are the normal challenges mm. um, that we could be experiencing. I think as well, um, it's nice to think about the baby Jesus and our Lord because um, it's him we're trying to love and that's a human person. And, um, you know, recently I was talking to somebody who's not Catholic and, and she was sharing, look, my background, I'm a Hindu, Hindu background. And it was really interesting because I was saying, well, you said, why are you Catholic or what? And I said, well, because... For me, Catholicism is God is human and it's about a relationship. So he wants a relationship with us and that's why he became human. That's why he's present in the sacraments. That's why he's there. Not in a way that we have to accept that there's no way of denying because that wouldn't be, that would be, you know, taking our freedom away. But his love is, is, is agape love, you know, if we're using the Greek, you know, sense of what love is. His love is agape, which is total self-giving. So he'll come and give himself completely. But it's also Eros love, which is he wants all of us back. And I think that's quite nice. You know, particularly as a women's podcast, we like to be needed and we like somebody to, you know, we're quite, can be quite possessive in a way, in the way we love. And I think it's really nice in that God wants to possess us. And, and that's what I suppose the vulnerability of Christmas is, is a baby. And we have to, any mom or anyone will know what it means. A baby is, is completely helpless and the baby needs to be warmed and fed and cleaned and all these kind of things. So it's a sense of that sense of God in our day, you know, checking in with God or, you know, mm. you know creating a space where you can actually pray. Um, anyway, going back to the Holy Family, I think two things that struck me about Mary um, and many things, but was first thing was her humility. You know, in the sense that when the Archangel Gabriel appears to her and says, you know, this is the plan, um, she doesn't ask God, so how's this, you know, why why might this be a good idea? Or God, have you really thought this through? You know, I'm, you know, Mary, I'm, I'm who I am. I This is going to create a lot of hassle. Her whole response was how, in the sense of, okay, the God decision was, this is the best plan. And her question was, how am I going to second that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really encouraging thing. Why? Because so oftentimes we try to change reality. And we can't really sometimes, we can't make people do the things we want them to do. There's certain things about our life that it's helpful during Advent to just accept. 
you know, except, you know, somebody at home is going through a bad time. Well, this is a bad time and they're going to show up like that at Christmas. Mm. To accept the fact that maybe something about my job is I'm just a bit tense about because I just have no control and I don't know how it's going to work out. Or accept the fact that Christmas is going to be different because there's pressure financially. And those things are really helpful just to, and to be able to accept the fact that it's not because I'm a bad person, I'm disorganized or because stuff shouldn't have happened. You know, sometimes we blame ourselves for things. It's just called, this is my reality, that the way it's shown up. Yeah. It's funny, actually, I was listening to, um, not listening, sorry, I was reading um, the book of Revelation, as you do. Mm. And um, I hate November, okay? It, it, I just hate it, right? Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, it's dark, your energy levels are super low, you know, you just want to be a bear and go into a cave, okay? Um, if you're living in Ireland, of course. Anyway, uh, so at one stage I was mentioning this, okay, to somebody or whatever. And then, you know, God is quite funny, actually, because he always, like, whenever you vocalize, well, certainly anyway, whenever you verbalize something like this, all of a sudden the next day, you know, you come across a kind of something, you know, to, that he basically says, you know, I think you should really like November. But it, the, in the book of Revelation, there's, a, I think in the last chapter, last chapter, there's a, um, the tree of life. And there's an excerpt that basically says, every month gives its fruit. And it's a very nice excerpt. And I just thought, you know what? Every single month, no matter how bad things can be, or you would like to kind of shove them under the carpet and say, I don't like this month, or I don't like this time of my life, or I don't like whatever, bears its fruit and it has its moments, you know? And sometimes we'd love, oh, July and August where everything is fantastic and the sun is out and, you know, but yeah, it kind of, it made me think, you know, mm. it's kind of good to realize that, that in those moments of kind of the deeper, darker moments, mm. even, you know, weather-wise, mm. but also in our lives, they, they do bear fruit and they mm. do, you know, give leaves and, you know, anyway, mm. I just thought if you can, if you can look up, you know, the book of Revelation, the apocalypse and mm. look at the last, you know, page and a half or whatever and read it and the tree of life, it's mm. well worth reading mm. just and reflect on it, you know? Mm. No, and I, it, yeah, no, completely. And I think as well is that, I suppose it's just that, that sense of not battling the things that aren't for you to change or get frustrated about them, which is much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, it, but the funny thing about it is it's, 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 by, it's by sort of going through the frustration and kind of trying to hold yourself back. And, and sometimes, you know, you know, people wish, oh, I wish I had a different temperament or I wish I had different circumstances. And we, we can all do a bit of that wishful thinking. And I think what's really nice about Advent is that sense of God's in charge and his circumstances were far from ideal. Mm. And the whole life of the Holy Family was far from ideal. But what was beautiful, I think, about Our Lady is that she, instead of giving in to the fear of the moment of this is not meant to happen, or how am I going to deal with this, like her, you know, her cousin's husband, Zechariah, did, she kind of kind of felt the fear and did it anyway, and just said, okay, well, if God is asking, she was able to contextualize the situation. Um, you know, and I think that's really, she was trying to seek to understand what she was, what she needed to understand and then contextualize it within God's wisdom. And I think that's a beautiful thing to try to do during Advent mm. because we'll get God's help to do it because that's what the season is all about. It's contextualizing our life in the context of God's life and being open to a new beginning. You know, November is the end of, it's kind of interesting, Catherine, you say you don't like November because it is the end of the church year. So that's good. <laughs> And yeah. Advent is like the beginning. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's our new year. So we're now going to, you know, turn the page. And that's a very Catholic thing to do. 
to kind of turn the page because guess what? That's what we're, we're we're here to be renewed. We're here to begin again. It's always about renewal, renewal, start again. No problem. There's nothing God can't solve. There's nothing you can't ask for forgiveness for. There's no relationship that's static. So I think that's what we see that in Mary is that her ability to be able to go, okay, God, what do I need to understand here? Um, and then to, to to get the significance of God's, you know, and of God's, you might say, God's message. And the entirety of the message, which is very hard for us to understand because our world is sort of fast-paced and it's all about nailing it and having it, everything seems very absolute. Whereas we have to pivot all the time in our life. And that's what Mary did. She pivoted. Um, and then I think what's really nice is just the end of that, you know, gospel passage is where you have the angel departed. And there's a finality about that. And there was no little mini angel that came along and said, listen, Mary, how are you feeling? Do you want me to help you unpack what big angel, the archangel Gabriel just said there? Because he pretty much took the floor from under you. I was watching you. No, it was just a case of he departed and you're kind of going, so she's left with it. Mm. She's left with, how am I going to, Joseph doesn't know, he's going to be super disconcerted. She's left with it throughout her life. Like the fact that Jesus goes out to preach and people think he's mad at one point. She's left with the desolation of the cross. And there's no kind of, listen, here's the manual, page 45, subsection 23a. Do the following. None of that. Because God is asking for his trust. I think that's for us to, I suppose, to to see. But also, I think the really nice thing about that, I think, is, I think is she must have hung on those two phrases that the angel said, rejoice and be glad. A highly favorite one. God is with you. So the idea of God is happy and God is with you. And I think once we're trying to keep God within, you know, you might say, you know, sort of what's the word, keeping within distance, you know, a little bit like a toddler keeps their mother within distance or a father within distance. If we're trying to keep God within our, you know, peripheral vision and bring him close and go, God, where are you in this God? Even just that simple expression, where are you here, God? I can't see you. And just giving yourself permission to use that expression, just to go take a moment to go, where are you here in this teenage rant? Where are you here in the turkey that's got burned? Where are you here in the fact that I can't get any of the stuff that's on that list? Where are you here in, in, in this problem that's just shown up at work? Whatever it is, where are you? Find, find a little thread, a little thread of God's space, and then just go, God is with me. And the rest is fine. Mm. And that's really, we've talked a lot about sanctifying the ordinary, you know, finding God in the ordinary. That's where God is. He's with us in the ordinary things. But if we don't find, look for him, well, it's like parallel universe. You yeah, know, yeah. we only find him what, in, I don't know about you, but I find it very challenging to find God in a cute, you know, crib when I can't find him in the chaos of the day. It just doesn't really work for me. It's like, you know, it's like having a fairy tale, you know, mm. told to you, which is lovely, mm-hmm. but it just, it needs to be much more front and close. And the other person, obviously, is St. Joseph. And just think about St. Joseph is, his whole thing was what? His whole thing was um, a bit like Mary, um, sort of faith and all of that. But it was, it, was, it was different because he gets this, you know, he doesn't get the presence of the angel. He gets a dream, which he could have just sort of gone, oh, yeah, that was just a bad dream. You know, he didn't, he had an amazing ability to perceive the divine. Yeah. And he did also an amazing ability to go, well, what do I need to do about this? Discern. And I think that's really cool because we need to do stuff. Hmm. There's conversations we may need to have over Christmas, you know, with maybe relatives we haven't spoken to all. Maybe there's kind of like, listen, I'm really sorry I haven't shown up that we need to have before we have Christmas dinner. Maybe there's peace that needs to be made. And it's, you can never fail by being the bigger person. You know, sometimes you're the one has to start a conversation to feel it's nothing to do with me. I didn't say the bad words. I didn't have, you know, but it is. But I think St. Joseph is a great opportunity, great example of that. Because, of course, what does he do? He kind of divorces Our Lady informally, which was basically script for saying, look, Mary, 
I totally trust you. I don't know what's happened here. I'm not going to do the whole kind of, well, I'm miffed and you should have told me, even if it is something mysterious. I'm going to do what's right, right, I'm going to do the right thing. And so St. Joseph is a great person to ask, St. Joseph, how do I do the right thing here? Not just get what I want, not just fly off the handle, not just, well, I told you so. It's a case of how do I just do the right thing, which always, for if you're human, <laughs> it's not the first response. Yeah, I think Advent is a great moment of forgiveness, actually. Yeah. Kind of, you know, because I remember somebody, we were talking about this idea of, you know, that Christmas can be hard for families, you know, yeah. particularly for families that may be going through a difficult time. And or even a difficult time at a relationship level mm. between the families, you know, or between siblings, et cetera, or family members. And it is a moment where you're kind of going, well, you know, Advent is, you know, a couple of weeks leading up to it that gi- God gives you a chance to kind of think about those kind of things and mm. think about your relationship with people in light of his relationship with you. And almost say, you know, if if there's any moment during the year that I can possibly reach out and as you said, be the bigger person and have that moment of forgiveness and forget and just, you know, reunite with this person, then definitely Advent is the best mm. moment, you know. Yeah. So it's a lovely moment to do it. You well, know? because we're all heading up to Christmas. Yeah. And every, it's a real excuse to go, hey, I haven't seen you for ages. Yeah, and How just are you touch doing? base. Yeah. yeah, you have an excuse to can reconnect with people mm. that you mightn't have at other times of mm. year. And it makes sense, mm. you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be a... A Christmas card can be a WhatsApp, you know what I mean? <laughs> clearly. Um, I think as well what's really nice is that the joy of, of Advent, and I suppose that's the difference between Advent and Lent. Obviously, Lent is a be- joyful time, but it's slightly more penitential. Whereas the lovely thing about Advent is what we bring as Christian people is joy. And it's not happiness. You know, I know that sounds bizarre. You know, you can, you can be in challenge, very challenging mm. situations and you don't have happiness in your life. Maybe you're alone this Christmas. You know, maybe a certain relationship is really challenging, as you said, or whatever. Everybody has their own scenarios. But you can be joyful. And that's because joy is is basically a joy sense of I have peace in my soul. Mm-hmm. Joy is a sense of God loves me. Joy is a sense of I'm on a journey somewhere else and no pain lasts forever. Joy is a sense of I can always love people because mm. that's choice. And no relationship is static, even if it takes a long time or even if it's not up to me right now to take the next step. And that's what I think is really nice because the Archangel Gabriel doesn't go, Shalom, peace be with you, Mary. He says, joy, you know, and and that can take us a little while to get our head around. Um, I also think what's really, really nice is, you know, that the whole thing of prayer over Advent, because um, I read something about St. John Henry Newman said about prayer, which really helped me is that, you know, the way sometimes when you pray, you just think you, you lack faith because you don't get what you ask for. Because <laughs> you're, you know, basically God's going, not enough faith, on your knees for another while, which may be the case. But he made the point is that intercessory prayer, necessary, in other words, to ask for stuff, where you say, God, please help so-and-so, or please help so-and-so. You know, because sometimes what can happen, as you mentioned there, but, you know, the forgiveness piece, is we're praying for the grace ourselves to to have to be the bigger person. We're also praying for a change in heart in other people. Maybe it's not our relationship that needs work. And that's where, that's the prayer petition or intercessory prayer. And to make that prayer, to say that prayer in your heart or out, you know, whatever, in the Hail Mary or Our Father you say, um, that actually requires faith. So you're already expressing faith by doing it. Mm. And it's very much part of the Catholic tradition. 
You know, that we, when we pray like that, we're actually saying to God, I believe you can do this. And we're connecting with, we're, we're becoming sort of the lifeblood for many people around the world. And sometimes, you know, we can't give them the gift or we can't be with them because they're on another continent or we can't be with them right now because they're not open. But we can always reach them with prayer. Mm. And so I think we need to sort of rediscover the power of that and just sit with it and say, you know, you're giving that person the best gift of all. You know, so... How good for you, you know, mm. on both cheeks, totally, you know. Um, so I just think, I think that's a really nice, um, I think that's a really nice thing to end with, to be honest with you. That's it's brilliant. just to really think about that. That's lovely, Maura. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so that's that's basically it. If if you have any uh, suggestions that of different topics you would like us to cover in the podcast, feel free. And also, obviously, we have our website with amazing blog posts and we have events happening in Ireland. We don't have them anywhere else. Not yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, you can look up our events and things that they're they're really cool. We had one last weekend, which was brilliant. Absolute blast. We had a waiting list. Maybe you're one of those people on the waiting list. Great women, down in the Mullen Conference Centre for an overnight uh, philosophy, guided prayer, amazing shots, fabulous food by the cookery school in Les Mullen, and we had a cookery demonstration. And so, that was awesome. Yeah. So Les Mullen is in County Meath, if anybody's wondering. And uh, yeah, so if you if you want to check out our website, uh, feel free. And and you know the the reality of it is, people arrive at those events having no no contact with anybody. Oh, yeah. Literally, they just walk in the door. So don't ever feel that you're kind of go. Oh, I could never do that. You can of course do that. There's no problem, and we have great fun. Well, can I just share a little bit of nice feedback I just got today, which I think is absolutely lovely. If you have a little moment, um, and this is just somebody said, um. We had a fantastic weekend with you all. You're all so welcoming, so kind and so chill. That was all the people there, okay? Yeah. Um, no fuss, which makes for a lovely, relaxing time. And it's only 22 hours, which is even better because we don't have time. Women. Yeah, we started Saturday at five o'clock. Four o'clock. Um, four o'clock and we finish at two. On Sunday. On yeah. Sunday, so that's great. Okay, so that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.